a sci-fi Saturday night. Oh, that's right. I uh, listen, and this is good. Thank you for having me on. This is Adam West, and AdamWest.com. Don't forget that AdamWest.com. We have so many goodies for you. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From our virtual living room studio, deep in the underground living quarters in IKEA snack and wet bar in Area 51. Hello and welcome to Talkcast 273, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a brief respite from the monotony, the mundane, I am the Francis Gary Powers of science fiction, flying through the stratosphere undetected known as the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, the rest of the gang of four. In the Revere Time Vortex, our technical omnivore, she runs everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and just enjoys pushing people around. It's our own girl genius, Kriana. Okay, so I'm flipping through articles, and I see, in defense of Star Trek The Next Generation's Dr. Pulaski, and I want to just rip out my eyeballs. <laughs> There's no defense. No. None. Dr. Crusher is the doctor. Period. Done. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons Indoor Springs Zen Garden, where she sells salt licks by the Sea of Tranquility Shore, our own Zombrarian. Sorry, the cat was on the microphone again. <laughs> and from a galaxy not as far away as you might think, the woman in chain mail adoring everything Marvel, so much so she now has the Howard the Duck Funko Pop. Really interesting is they've never actually made one. Red Agent Carter lipstick and all, please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I bought two Agent Carter shirts this week. I am so, so jealous. Um, one of my favorite, um, like, fan artists people, well, they make, like, cool t-shirts, Unicorn Empire, they are one, they have one of the official, um, Agent Carter shirts at C2E2, I think it was, um, no, I don't know, it doesn't matter, whatever Reed Pop does with its life, there are two really awesome, um, Agent Carter designs up there right now, and I bought both of them for free shipping, obviously, Totes worth it. Yes, 100%. I'm still jealous of that lipstick. You better wear it um, to a it certain... It can be yours. You better wear it to a certain event um, that is, is coming up. I will. Yes, better. 100% will do that. Awesome. Our guest tonight, you knew him as on Antique Roadshow, is the appraiser for pop culture toys and collectibles and memorabilia for 13 seasons. He hosts his own radio program, Calling All Collectors. He'll doing verbal appraisals of collections at the sh- at Northeast Comic-Con, the, the guru of Northeast Comic-Con, Hawaiian shirt and all, Gary Summers. Gary, welcome to the show. Aloha, kids! Whee! <laughs> Uncle Gary! <laughs> That's weird, Uncle Gary, you. Okay. Yeah, it absolutely is. Gary, Northeast Comic-Con has become... One of the most interesting events of the early summer. And actually, you're not holding it twice a year. You hold it once in the summer and once in the dead of winter when there's really nothing going on Comic-Con-wise. And for those of you who are unaware of them in the Northeast area, it is in Wilmington, Massachusetts, this year, June 20th and 21st. Gary, this started out two years ago now? Well, it actually started out in 1986, back in the 20th century. You'd need a TARDIS to go and prove it, but um, I really started doing the collectible, the Northeast 
Michael's Extravaganza at the Northeast Trade Center in Hoover, Mass. And in 1986, I got Adam West off his couch and came over and signed autographs. It was like the first time he'd done an autograph show in forever. And I uh, produced that show and, and continued to produce uh, collectible extravaganzas through the 1990 Lost in Space cast reunion in the uh, the 25th anniversary at the Bayside Expo Center. And then we did the 30th anniversary Lost in Space uh, cast reunion. And we did the Munsters cast reunion with Yvonne and Al. And we did... Uh, you know, a lot of great events, the Willy Wonka cast reunion in 1998. So, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And what happened, uh, Dome, was that I went from being a producer to being a celebrity. And all of a sudden, I'm on TV every week. And, and of course, 9-11 happened, and we sort of, uh, and nobody wanted to travel. No one was spending any money. The marketplace changed. So recently, the marketplace kind of evolved and a need evolved for a entertaining Comic-Con, one that wasn't just a bunch of comic book long boxes competing for 50-cent comics and artists, you know, zillions of artists, but it had to have more fun. It had to have, you know, entertainment, things. You pay your money, you should have see a show, have a lot of fun, do a lot of things, not just wander around, but also have great selection of cool stuff to buy that you can't get anywhere else. So I think that what we've done with the Northeast Comic Con and Collectibles Extravaganza at the Shriners is kind of merge all these different niches of Comic Cons. We have great vendors. We have really cool celebrities. We got a whole video game arena with free play and tournaments. We have an an excellent cosplay uh, stage and contests and a lot of cosplay uh, vendors. And we have a huge area for kids learning how to do mask making and comic book writing and coloring and drawing and puppeteering. We're doing a whole big thing on Jim Henson. We have puppeteers. We have, you know, just so many different elements to make it fun and entertaining including live music and uh, stand-up comics and other strange and fun things. One of the things that I've always liked about, about your shows is that most of the media guests who are there aren't kind of corralled and held away from the main event. Pretty much, they're walking around, they're ch talking to people, people are talking to them. It's kind of nice. You you can Thank like you. you can like walk down an aisle and all of a sudden look to your left and you recognize the person to your left and you go, oh, is that person left to me? And they'll be like, hey, check this out. This is so cool. And you'll be like, are is Nicholas Brendan talking to me? <laughs> well, that's a problem in and of itself. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> or or whoever. <laughs> Is my point. Well, we like to put the celebrities in with the show. I mean, a lot of times they put in other shows, they'll have the celebrities all off in one corner and long queue lines. And we try and make it so that nobody has to wait more than about 15 minutes for an autograph and that the celebrities are uh, accessible and approachable. And right on the show floor, right amidst the whole mess, just, you know, fun from one corner to each corner to the next corner. But also, the celebrities are there. Yeah, they're they're doing autographs and the rest of it. But people can walk up and just kind of say hi, and just talk to them. They don't, you know. It's it's not every every move is not commerce ridden. Is, is I guess what I'm saying. Well, we gave up having, uh, you know, the concept of a celebrity that's so big and and so uh, consuming. You know, that you have to have eight security people and long queues and everybody has to wait in line for hours and hours. That's really not what our show's about. Our show's more about how much fun can you have in an hour, not how long, how many hours can you spend waiting in line. Now, serious question. Have you looked into bottling this fun? And if so, what is your strategy? <laughs> well, it's going to be made in America, that's for sure. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. I like that. 
So let's let's talk for a little bit about some of the media guests who are going to be there. Uh, you, you've got your your tier of oh my god, that's Adam West, or oh my god, that's Kevin Sorbo. AdamWest.com. Really like, we got so many goodies for you. <laughs> Sorry. But I mean, you also have Gigi Edgley, who you you remember from that wonderful Henson show whose name escapes me at the moment. Farscape? Farscape. Farscape. Durr? Durr? Launched the career of Ben Browder, who's amazing, and then was on Doctor Who not too long ago. And then the she horse's went on name to... is Susan. Respect her life choices. <laughs> then she went on to uh, the, the Henson Creature Challenge on, on Sci-Fi. And uh, she's doing independent movies, doing independent music. I mean, you've got... She, yeah, we're working on having Gigi potentially singing uh, some songs from her CD at our party on Saturday night at the nice. Grand Plaza after the show. We got Human Wine, which is a steampunk musical group, and Gigi's probably going to do some songs and some other music. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, you know combination of of uh, celebrities like as you said, Gigi's sci-fi, Farscape, Henson, and then Sorbo crosses over between you know the Star Trek because of Andromeda written by Roddenberry but also Hercules because all you girls like to look at a guy with his shirt off and you know so we'll have him you know, a little bit of everything for everybody well will he have his shirt off is is the real question it can happen you never know he's Kevin Sorbo and if so is there oil available <laughs> You'll have to. Uh, we're going to get you an interview with Kevin Sorbo right out here on the air, and and we'll find out. Stay tuned for the Kevin Sorbo episode to find out <laughs> if he comes with his own oil. <laughs> I or mean, if have... not, we can certainly bring our own. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh yeah! And, and, uh, yeah, so and for the kids, no, and to change subjects, no, but for the kids, you know, Noel McNeil is the puppeteer who does Bear in the Big Blue House, but he also does puppets on the John Oliver show, and he does oh. Sesame Street, and he actually worked for Henson, but he was the bear in Bear in the Big Blue House. So now the nostalgia curve is when Bear was on, that was like 10 or 15 years ago, kids that watched it are now nostalgic for it, you know, so... We're playing on the, pulling on the heartstrings and all that. Plus, we got Bill Diamond, who is the guy who's the puppeteer from Fraggle Rock and The Dark Crystal, but also did Audrey 2 in Little Shop of Horrors. Sounds like a puppets. horrible show. No one else should go to it. <laughs> no, this should just be us. We should have all the freaking fun. That's all there is to it. Okay, so let me just tell you about a couple things you don't know. There's a guy named Vivek Tiwari. No, no, I do know about him. Because this is is a Broadway producer. Correct. Why would I have a Broadway producer at a Comic-Con? Because he is also the writer of the graphic novel, The Fifth Beetle, which is the Brian Epstein story. Which won the Eisner Award last Eisner year. For, right. So that makes it really relevant. Did cool. we do an and interview with the really Fifth Beetle? Nice. Did we not do an interview with the Fifth Beetle? No, no. We we did an interview with the actual Fifth Beetle. Oh. He passed last year. Oh, my bad. That's right. <laughs> I got confused. There's okay. a lot of Fifth yeah, Beetles. <laughs> they're, they're kind of Okay, are, so let me... So let me break one for you. Check out Chalet Lizette Brannon. That was so my next question. She's 10 years old. And I, I'm going to say I discovered her. Well, actually, her dad and I are friends. So she's got just got cast in the new Star Trek film. What? Breaking <laughs> news. You heard it so here it, first, the, folks. Wow. What's that? You want to be one of her children, one of her dad's kids too? Anyway, so uh, the film that she's in with Kevin uh, with Kevin Sorbo called The Sparrows just won uh, in two film festivals, won awards. 
so so it'll be a reunion for her and, and Sorbo. But she's in a, a lot of new movies, like twenty five of them. Whoa, that is a lot of yeah. movies. That is some serious work. Yeah. And how old is she? She's ten. Oh my! Go look God. at her IMDb. Damn. Like, busy, are you busy? Right yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah, there's only one chalet brand in, in IMDb. That and, you know uh, of. you know, just, I, well, I looked it up, but I mean, I wasn't <laughs> going to, you know, how am I supposed to believe some guy calling me and say, hey, she's in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, she is. But anyway, um, the idea is to show that the next generation of talent, she may be the next Natalie Portman or Jodie Foster. We'll see how she treats her fans. That's what I look at. <laughs> Great idea. Absolutely. Throw her in the fire. See how she burns. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be fun. She likes, she's done other fan conventions, and uh, she's supposed to be really great with the fans, and that's really what matters to us. So, you know, the future of sci-fi and the future of TVs, we have it there. We try and teach kids that there's actually a career in comics, in art, in broadcasting, in entertainment, in all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Kids, if they get an opportunity to see the options, to see the jobs, to see that these are really careers and they can choose that over McDonald's or crime, well, that's a great thing that we're trying to do with our show. It's just gives people an eye-opener to what's fun in life. Crime doesn't pay. Crime doesn't pay well, that's all. True. Well, it, it it only pays in in Joker related comic books. Exactly, or or if you're Harley Quinn, but we're not. Well, that would that. be a Joker related comic book. Well, thank you. <laughs> Jeez, Dome, don't be difficult. So not only thank do you, you for have, thanking him for me. You're welcome. My pleasure. She's she's spent a lifetime doing that. <laughs> let me tell you. So not only do you have the media guests, you have some terrific artists who are going to be there, the typical wonderful selection at Artist Alley where you can look at some really original art and, and talk to people and talk to the artists. But you always also have the oddest things going on at these cons. Not only do you have you. Uh, uh, cosplay and panels, You've got cars and photo ops going on, and you've got this this weird uh, uh, celebrity sci-fi uh, photograph place. What's the yeah deal the with green that? screen sci-fi photo guys? So what they can do is you can pose in your costume or with the celebrity and actually be anywhere. You can be on on Mars. You can be in hell. You can be almost anywhere in the background on the green screen. So that's a great new technology that, you know, the, you get a, a print new technology out that's else. existed for 15 years. <laughs> what, the uh, digital green screens? Yeah, absolutely. But who takes them to Comic Cons? Nobody. Uh, so, okay, so let me throw this one at you. Speaking of new technology, we have the bridge simulators. You know, have you ever played on those? Starship Horizon? I have not. No. No, no, what's that one? What's that one about? Because I saw... So, dig this. Two teams of five people in positions of, you know, commander, communications officer, you know, all the different officers. Two teams of five compete on a mission on a bridge simulator. Big, giant screens. Everyone's on their different control pads controlling the ship as it goes on the mission. And uh, somebody wins, somebody loses. And, w and what what could they win? Nothing. Oh. The joy of beating joy. someone else. Prestige uh, and, and joy, bo bottled fun. Bottled fun. You know, that would be an e-ticket ride at Disney. Here it's included in admission. You know? There you go. There you <laughs> and go. Hey, and, and our cast will take on any other podcast there. Yeah, rival podcast. But, we will beat you. It's beat down. Oh, so that would take you on. So the cool thing is, for Friday night, before the convention opens, we're having a VIP event with Kevin Sorbo, and the, the Starship Horizon is being 
turned into the Andromeda. They're nice. actually programming it to be the Andromeda. And if you remember, the Andromeda was a woman. Right. So we'll, we're really looking forward to this voyage of Kevin Sorbo, uh, you know, uh, captaining of the Andromeda again. It's going to be pretty fun and be able to compete with him. Very, very, very fun. And, and I mean, that's, that's what kind of makes yours different from, from most well, other... Well, I'm always places. trying to think of things. If I was going to an event, I don't want to just walk around and walk around and walk around, wait in line for an ATM, wait in line for food, wait in line for an autograph. That's not fun. I want something to do, something that's entertaining. So what I've tried to build into this is so much entertainment that you can't take it all in because there's so much to do. You know, we got like panel, two giant panel rooms, 150 seats, with panels all day, the video game arena set up with uh, vintage and modern video games set up for free play, and a stage with tournaments. We have chip tune artists who will teach and and perform chip tune music. You know that's from the future and the past. Uh, so you know all these different elements keep the flow going, and so you never get bored. Did, that's did our you motto. just make up a new word? Fantainment. Of course. That that's a fantastic word. I, I feel like more Thank conventions you. should should take your model, like like take your example, because there's too much waiting in line, let me tell ya. Well, uh, amateurs copy and pros steal, so we'll see who steals it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So well, I hope that you'll always be able to be unique by the guests I choose are always going to be people that are really nice to their fans and, you know, appreciative, no, you know, no schmucks, no, no, you know, snobs. And of course, you know, the fact that anybody has a problem, they can come and find me and I'll solve it. I'm on the floor. I'm there. I'm selling stuff. I'm doing appraisals. It's amazing that, you know, the guy who's running this place is also walking around with a wireless microphone and a Hawaiian T-shirt just making announcements as he's walking through the crowd. Yeah, Hawaiian t-shirts definitely prevent you from doing anything productive. Absolutely do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a known fact. Scientifically I'm wearing, proven. I'm, I'm wearing orange shoes, too, so I don't get hit by airplanes. That's good. Oh, perfect. We wouldn't want that to happen. No. So, so we have more stuff that's going to continuously be announced uh, going on for the next few weeks. And um, so it, it gets better. I mean, it's big now. Uh, we're 90% sold out of all floor space. Um, the VIP experiences are halfway sold out already for both Adam West and Kevin Sorbo. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to just be a really fun event. We will not oversell. We will not oversell the room. It won't be overcrowded. Um, you know, that's very something something that I, I think about it each time is if I was some of the person that just paid to get in, how would I feel? So I'm never going to put anybody that pays to get in in an uncomfortable position that I wouldn't be comfortable in. And if they were, you would know because you're walking around on the floor. Yeah, they'd be punching me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I, would it get, I don't think you'd let it get to that point. You'd, I would hope you'd so. maintain nope. them into submission. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will dance. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone should go to the website at northeastcomiccon.net or necomiccon.net. Uh, we are continuously announcing new attractions and new acts. We have the Batmobile, we have the Bat Cycle, we have the DeLorean from Back to the Future. We just confirmed that we will have a TARDIS there. So we will actually have two, two, two time machines, a TARDIS and a DeLorean. Where do you get both? I'm telling you. And it's free parking. Free, free, free. Thousands of free parking spaces. It's right off of Route 93 and exit 39 at the Shriners Auditorium in Wilmington, Mass. And easy to get to from uh, anywhere in New Hampshire or uh, Boston, uh, South Shore or West. Easy to get to off of 93 and 95. Uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel is in Woburn is our 
Post Hotel, and we got a special discount rate. If you buy a room night at the hotel, you get a free weekend package. So you get a weekend pass and a hotel room for 136 bucks. Well, that does not sound half bad. That's where the celebs stay. That's where our party is. That's where you want to be. So if you got two people, you stay two nights, you get two two wristbands and two nights partying. And I didn't even talk about That sounds like a hell of a deal. A hell of a deal. The biggest deal I've got to tell you is the free goddamn parking. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's guaranteed not boring and there's free parking. Where do you find both? (laughs) Almost nowhere, honestly. Almost nowhere anymore. Gary, yeah, a Saturday night concert is a, uh, a a steampunk cosplay party, so everybody should come dressed in, in sci-fi, Jules Verne, steampunk uh, craziness. Don't you can wear your hat party. and your goggles. I can wear my Mad- hat and goggles. Do you realize it's the 150th birthday of Alice in Wonderland? It was written and published in 1865. I do now. Ta-da! <laughs> so much to learn. <clears throat> and so much cool stuff to play with. Guys, this is the first big one of the season. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the summer version of Northeast Comic Con. It is June 20th and 21st. When did the doors open? Uh, doors will open at 9.30 a.m. for early birds, 10 a.m. for general public, Box office opens at 8.30, and that's on Saturday, goes till uh, 6 p.m., and Saturday is actually summer solstice, the longest day of the year. And then Sunday is open, uh, early birds at 9.30, general public at 10, and it goes till 5 p.m., and that's Father's Day. So for all the guilty parents out there, it's a good reason to get the... Get your dad, or get dad, take your kids, and show them a good time being a nerd. Dumb. Yes, I know. I know, it's time to buy toys for dad. <laughs> Gary, well, as at least usual, you have a good purpose. Absolutely. <laughs> an adventure in amphetamines when you're on the show, and Northeast Comic Con sounds amazing. Guys, we're going to be there. You need to be there. It's one of the shows that y- you you look at and you go, damn, this is cool. If you miss it, you're a chump. Advance ticket, advanced tickets on sale right now, $18 for Saturday, $15 for Sunday, or 28 bucks for two days, and that expires soon. So order now. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It goes up, of course, uh, closer to the show, and it... Tickets at the door will be more. Well, of course it will. And we're going to have, uh, Gary, we're going to have you back with uh, some guests from the show uh, in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. Sounds groovy. Hey, it's always groovy having you here, my friend. Thanks, kids. All right. Bye, Uncle Gary. Oh, my goodness. How do you run an interview with Gary Summers carefully? How do you follow that? (laughs) (laughs) We follow it with the news. Nice job, Kriana. Thank you. Thank you. You actually were somewhat actually ready. Oh, you know what? What? I'm really tired after the interview. I'm exhausted. So high energy. Oh my god. I need a nap. I know. Okay, guys, let's I'm do we too old soothing for this. music, Brianna. Can you get some soothing music here? That is not soothing music. That is creepy laughter from creepy children. That was your 10-second meditation. That was it. We're Thanks. done. 
Thanks, Bill. Zombrarian Zen Garden. That was a rumor. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah, I always have problems after Gary leaves the show because I don't have a damn bit of energy left. We could always end the show early. <laughs> you know what gave me energy this week? Your face. Zombrarian. And it made me, like, Kriana can attest to this. I bounced up and down on the couch and clapped my hands with Lee. Kriana, we can hear that paper punch. Oh my god, You know it. what? Wedding programs, no. <laughs> it's loud in my ear. Too bad. No, stop it. Too bad. Anyway, that's not what made me happy. Penny. What made me happy was watching um, what is now the second most recent episode of Gotham when everyone is hearing this. Because there will have been another one between. Yeah, good then point. <laughs> there and will be. Between. Yeah. Now and, and then. And yeah, now and when you guys hear this. Saturday. But, night. oh my god, Baby Bruce's first date. Oh! That sounds like a, a weirdness not to be believed. It was so first cute. Bruce Wayne asked Catwoman. Well, ask Selena, who will become Catwoman, to go to the Wayne Charity Ball with him in, like, the most adorably awkward way ever. And I was sitting there watching it, and I was thinking, this is what I wanted Gotham to be from the very beginning. I wanted it to be awkward 12-year-old Bruce Wayne awkwardly asking 12-year-old Catwoman to go to the Wayne Charity Ball. Okay. And have her sitting at home with Barbara Gordon being like, yeah, I'm going to the Wayne Charity Ball. And then, you know, the dresses show show up and she picks up the high-heeled shoes and is like, how do you even walk in these? And then Barbara <laughs> Gordon teaches her how to walk in high-heeled shoes and puts up her hair, and she's adorable, and it's all adorable. And well, something something's got to happen to make this DC universe work better. And I, I, I um, honestly think. No, wait that a minute, wait a minute. The, wasn't wasn't there something on the Flash uh, this past week where where Felicity came to town and something horrible happened? She's like, I thought Central City was supposed to be the fun one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was amazing. That was, she was so meta. That whole episode, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, DC is learning. They're learning a lot more slowly than Marvel learned, but I think they're learning. Maybe I don't know. And Dare, I think Daredevil that, was a huge step back. D- Daredevil. Daredevil. I think Marvel right now is resting on its laurels and needs to like stop that. Yes. And actually, A, listen to their fucking fans who are demanding a black fucking widow movie. Yeah, that would be nice. To actually start to like push some boundaries again. Because they're, especially with like Ant Man. Like nobody cares about Ant Man. Why are they still doing Ant Man? Why is it a thing? Why? Because it's done already. I know, but like, why did it get done? Like, why? And why did they cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange? Why not? Because he's perfect for that. You yeah. Admit. He, he's he's going to be amazing perfect. in that. He's literally oh perfect God. for that. I'm so bored by Benedict Cumberbatch. But by the same token, you know, DC is now sitting around with this Batman versus Superman movie. Yes. And they keep screaming, uh, we want to do a Wonder Woman movie. We want to do a Wonder Woman movie. And then they go out and hire five different writers, keep them separate from each other, and say to all of them, write me the Wonder Woman movie. So they mm-hmm. now have five different versions of a Wonder Woman movie and no idea what the hell to do with it. They did a bad job. They it's did Electra a all over again. And I've got to tell you, Electra one more time is suicide. You know what? I'm going to say it, and I might be the only person in the world who thinks this, but I want to see 
Julie Tamar do Wonder Woman? Oh, for fuck's sake. That is... Um, if they maybe actually give her, like, a limit onto how much she can spend, that might be interesting. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Maybe like, they would be more than one and they would fall all over each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking, like, not Spider-Man turn off the dark, Julie Tamar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, um... <laughs> Anthony Hopkins and Titus Andronicus, Julie Taymor. Uh, possibly. possibly. Like if you have, if you've seen her Titus, I'm thinking she could. No. Um, it's good. You should see it. It's phenomenal. I saw Spider Man turn on the house lights twice. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I was there the night the guy fell. No way. <laughs> yep. Yes. So I got to go see it again for free because they, um... Because someone died on stage in front of you? No, he didn't die. Much? He Only a little bit. No, he was fine. He recovered completely. But he fell. So yeah, that While was... While he was singing? No, it was like a the big scene on the bridge and the cable snapped. Yikes. Yeah. And then there was silence. And then the house lights came up and we were like, what? They're like, um, so sorry, uh, we have to stop the show early. Um That bye. was a that was a boo-boo. Yeah, we did a bad <laughs> job. We dropped one of our <laughs> We 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 dropped Spider-Man. BRB. We fucked up. Sorry. BRB dropped Spider-Man. Yep. So then I, when it happens. Yeah. So that was early on in the in the run, and then I saw it again the second time um, after they had made a bunch of changes, and it being like hilariously bad to boring, and also still bad. Oh lord. So it was yeah no all not the hilarious was taken out of it because you knew no so one was much drinking Pinot Noir. That's the real problem. So let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of the elephant in the room now. Uh, you didn't like this week's uh, Agents of Shield. What? Who? What? What? Sarah. What? You what? didn't like this week's Agents of Shield. I did like this week's Agents of Shield. Oh, you would have alluded, you would alluded to the fact that you didn't. I was about to. When take did I it do that? Test. I did not do that. What I okay. did do was fall even more in love with Sky, which I did not think was actually possible. Like, I didn't think I could do that. And then she had this really great fight scene, and it was oh, all was, in one yeah. take. And I was just like, why are you so precious? Killing all of these awful Hydra people. You are so lovely. Just shooting people in the face. Dream girl. Dream girl. So let me ask you a question about the episode then. Yes. This was essentially a double redemption episode, and I want your take mm. on how they both played out. Okay. The, the, first, only... one, the first one is Sky's dad. Yeah. Um, Cal, whatever. I don't really care about Cal. Like, okay, sure. Well, fine, whatever. No, no, no. You have to care about Cal. No, because you don't. Sky, no, you do. Because Sky cares about Cal. She, and she does. She cares about the fact that Cal might hurt people. And I think she's warming up to him, but I think she's still wary of him, which is good because he's... It's an actual human emotion? A disaster, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but then the second one, Ward. Um, I... Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the episode after Sky's really, really hot fight scene was um, when everyone kind of... When Ward's like bullshit apology, basically he <laughs> was like, "I don't, I don't regret anything. I don't regret throwing you guys out of the bus. I don't regret blowing my family up. What I do regret is that all of that got rid of the dynamic that we had." Basically, I, I, honestly, it, if you have that family, though, would you regret blowing them up? True, no, true. not at all. However, he tried to, like, blame it on, like, oh, I had a shitty childhood, and, oh, like, well, is me. May basically was, like, cool motive, still murder. <laughs> I was like, damn, girl, like, get it. And Sky was like, that's great, but I still wish I'd shot you in the... F I, I don't regret shooting you. 
no, not face. <laughs> yes, uh, you're always saying what I'm thinking. And then yeah, Coulson uh, says, do us a favor and don't talk anymore. That yeah. was great. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, the one thing that I will say for Ward is that I think he realized that his creepy fucking relationship with Agent 33 is not consensual because still fucking brainwashed. So he left her with S.H.I.E.L.D. to like rediscover who she is and hopefully like she'll get back part of her and actually be able to like make decisions instead of just being like kind of a brainwashed blank slate. Um, and I thought that at least Ward, he said he, he knew that he was not the person to help her through this. And I thought that was the only good thing he's ever done, but I still want them to shoot him in the face. Yeah. I think everybody still wants that. Yeah. Like the he other did a good interesting- thing. Good. Shoot him in the face. One good thing in two seasons. Good for him. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was interesting was the standoff between May and Coulson. Yeah, mom and dad are fighting. Yeah, mm-hmm. mom and dad. Mom and dad. You have <laughs> secrets. You have other secrets. We both have secrets. And, yes. and uh, that uh, that dynamic is 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 so changing every episode. Yeah, and then the bombshell at the end, and Maria Hill was there, and I was like, oh my god! Aunt Robin! Yeah, yeah Aunt Robin so- is back, which means that... that uh, Fury's coming back, as Fury Joe is back. says. Yeah. Um, and uh, Raina had another vision at the end, where she oh, saw... Oh, she is such a tool. Oh, I like Raina. Raina's great. I hate her and her stupid spiky face. No, she's a cute little hedgehog, and you shut your mouth. Robots, yes. We hmm? haven't seen this week's episode yet, but we were watching last week's episode, and I still, I still don't get Fitzsimmons. Yeah, no. I, I don't get what you see. What do you wait? What? I thought you said you wanted Fitzsimmons to happen. No, Skimmons. Oh, okay, yeah, that can happen. Yeah, yes. no, I'm not about Fitzsimmons at all. I, Fit Skimmons, I'll take. Fitzsimmons, no way in hell. My science babies are best friends and will remain best friends till the world ends. Okay. But they will not get together, ever. I have to admit, we were watching the episode and I turned to Kriana and I said, Sarah keeps going on about Fitzsimmons, but I don't see it. And I was so yeah, no, surprised because usually I agree with you and trust your judgment. But well, really, it's just that I shouldn't I trust my hearing. Given <laughs> 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 no. forever. Or I'll take my, my favorite ship name is Mockingbird, which is Simmons and Bobby. I hmm. love that. I love them. But yeah, their ship too, name, yeah. one of their ship names is Mockingbird, and I love that. Um, yes. But <laughs> really, you just like that for the shit name. Yeah, that is really it. The the other big Marvel news that uh, people have kind of been ignoring is uh, Age of Ultron, which opens next week in the U.S. And no. It's pre- no. 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 It opens, like, it opened it's yesterday. yesterday. It opened when yesterday. show airs, it will have opened yesterday. That's true. Uh... And that marks the end of the uh, contract Joss Whedon has with Marvel. Maybe we'll get a Dr. Horrible, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm severely worried now. You know, Joss, he said that Age of Ultron was the most difficult film he's ever done. I can imagine that. Uh, mm-hmm. it trained him at so many levels uh, and he's really really proud of it and he said I'm, I'm done I'm, I'm for a while I gotta be done he made some rather cryptic comments about wanting to do a Wonder Woman film and then laughed hysterically at the thought of it um, so a couple of things that Sweden is an evil genius he really <laughs> is isn't he <laughs> Yes. At this point, we have to wonder what happens to the Marvel Universe. 
Uh, which well, and it's getting so complicated. Yeah. And that's another thing that uh, he bemoaned in another interview. God, I love that word. He bemoaned it. Is that, you know, Sounds now that dirty. there's TV and so many, it does, doesn't it? There's TV and streaming TV and comics and films. It's hard to keep the universe together. And he's right. It's become an incredibly difficult juggling act, which he is about to back out of. I got nowhere to go with that other than. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. And that's the problem. I yeah. feel like Joss Whedon, though, does really well with insular universes and with things that are his own brain babies. And I think he did really well with the Avengers. But I think I can't that believe you put a butt there, but go on. <laughs> no, I really... Well, but now it's not his baby anymore. It's not, yeah, it's not his baby. It just... It got so big and so popular so fast and so many things happened with it. I think that he can't... I think part of what makes a Joss Whedon project good and part of what makes it, you know, work is that it is a Joss Whedon project. Not that he doesn't collaborate well, not that he doesn't work well with others, but when he has creative control, we've seen time and time again, when he loses creative control, his stuff is not as good. And when he has complete creative control, it's phenomenal. And, I and think it, doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's Shakespeare or Firefly or... or uh, um, right, but look at Dollhouse, where the first few episodes fox had a very heavy hand in right right and was directing things behind the scenes a lot and it wasn't very good i didn't actually know that and that yeah. that makes sense though because dollhouse is probably his weakest show yep and the third or fourth episode when they backed back out it got better and then it got bad again let's face it <laughs> well, it got bad again because they because closed they... the episode at the end of season one, and then Fox went, no, 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 we want a second season. He went, yeah. seriously? You made us end the series. What are you doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so I feel like with Marvel, I'd almost rather see him bow out than see it get bad because there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, the one thing that he and Kevin Feige have been able to do is keep most of the cooks out of the kitchen. And he's, they've done a great job of that. And I guess with Kevin Feige staying on uh, at the head of uh, Marvel Entertainment Movies, that's, that's bound to continue because he's really done a great job of, with the exception, I think, of the first Thor movie. Thor? Well, uh, but the first Thor, Thor movie, movie was before everything blew up, really. That was the one that Kenneth Branagh did the uh, direction of, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, and that was that was no, that wouldn't that I was a whole it. But the no. first Thor movie did give us our first glimpse of Idris Elba. Idris Idris, I never know how to pronounce his name and I always feel so bad. Uh, oh, it's actually God. pronounced Bob. All the letters are silent. <laughs> um wow. but he we saw him as Heimdall for the first time and that was amazing. And we got it. Darcy. Darcy is a treasure. Darcy yeah, is an American treasure. <gasps> Speaking of American treasures, Zombrarian's News of the Week. Yes. National Treasure. My favorite movie. My favorite <laughs> bad movie of all time. National Treasure is available on Netflix, you guys. It's a rarity <laughs> in which Sean Bean does not die. Sean what? Bean does not die. What? We thought he did, but then we remembered incorrectly. Yeah. He does not die. No. There, I didn't know there was anything that he didn't die in. I know, right? National Crazy. Treasure lives up to its name. It is the best bad movie <laughs> in the history of anything <laughs> I challenge you to find a better bad movie. Now, now, wait a minute. It's a bad movie because who stars in it? Nicolas Cage. 
You know what and my other favorite have... bad movie is? You know what my other favorite bad movie is? Gone in 60 should... Seconds. Oh, because also... I was going for Ghost Rider. No, that's my favorite bad movie. Mine is The Spirit. But yeah, that was my big discovery this week was that National Treasure was on Netflix. Sorry, I got excited. So on that note... I think we have a note, yeah. On that note, Kriana, I shudder to ask what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. I, I don't know. Next week, we're talking to Steve about Rhode Island Comic Con of some sort. He's going to announce something exciting. I'm almost sure of it. And then the week after that, um, there is an erroneously booked show. Um, it, sh- it should not actually be a show that day. So we're going to rectify that and uh, get back to you because there- there's a major event happening and we will not be around. So, Sir Sarah. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwatsonline.com. Don't. You know, you can thank Gary Summers for coming on the show. You can thank him for taking over the show. You can thank him for Northeast Comic I just want to thank him for leaving enough oxygen to let us finish the show. Gary is always a wonder way for fun. I want to thank the cast from the Revere Time for Sweetheart you're, you're fading out there, Dome, so. Uh, Continuing our own personal galaxy quest. Sarah, thank you so much. Meow. This is Dome saying, Terry, Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.